another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone! Dea, Tea, Dara, Tea. Your vital essence, the Dark Crystal. Kida, Kida. Come, come, see for yourself. Aru, Garu. How very interesting. Dea, Tea. I feel the song of Thra in my heart. Now go, you heroes of Thra. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast. I'm your host, Phil, and I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast as we, of course, you know, chat about Dark Crystal and a very special show with us, of course, is my co-host, Sydney. So, Sydney, how are you? I'm great. Hey, everybody. I'm uh, I'm stoked. We're not here for me today, though. We're not. So, hey, I'm here. <laughs> because, of course, we've got a very special guest from river horse games jack caesar and janet forbes riders of course on the dark crystal adventure game first of all i just want to say to both of you thank you so much for being on the podcast uh, thank you for having us i think we're both very happy to be here as of this recording we'd let all the listeners know about sydney know we got to be a little bit involved with this adventure game as a sort of a guest contributor so again i mean just want to say thank you for sort of incorporating you know our little um scene as as part of the um the adventure game we're valid we're so valid now <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of fun working with you guys um sort of working with you to create a um one of the one of the scenes in the adventure game uh taking one of those those deep cuts from the law and uh and working that in uh yeah i mean working with janet as well getting all of those um all the book stuff comic stuff and uh oh my god it was intense it was awesome oh poor poor jack every week i'd be like i found this thing in a random corner of the world we must include it or like a single throwaway line in the netflix show and i was like this has to be a thing I know, I know, I know. I mean, I mean, we've got so much to talk about with this adventure game and, and so many other things. Um, but I mean, for, I mean, I, I want to step back a bit because I do actually would love to know from both of you, um, Jack and Janet, um, how did you both um, discover the Dark Crystal? How, how did it came came to your lives? Oh well, I'm a I'm a filthy childling, so I came, <laughs> I came into it from from Age of Resistance, and I. You know, watching the, the Netflix show, they vaguely knowing sort of Dark Crystal, uh, the the original film, and um, yeah, watched the the Age of Resistance, loved it. Um, then sort of went back and um, and watched the uh, watched the movie, and then sort of got involved in um, in this project, and we we're like, oh, okay, no, we need to go deeper, need <laughs> to need to learn more, um, and brought Janet. So I actually I didn't know the dark crystal as a child please don't fall off your seats i i i'm a convert i i swear those uh, are my favorite kinds of know, bands i also didn't know the labyrinth and so for me this was has just been an amazing world of adult discovery um to so first of all i i watched the the movie a few years ago when it came onto netflix and i was like oh this looks interesting and i was it was so amazing and so different from any other kind of fantasy that i had seen before and then when the Netflix show came out, I was like, okay, well, I've, I've got to hop on this. So I watched the Netflix show. I binge watched it back to back, basically, as uh, the joy of Netflix, right? And the pain 
Um, so my life went on hold as I discovered the Dark Crystal universe through the movie and the, and the series. And then I got this email. It must have been a while later saying, hey, we'd like you to uh, write a sample scene because we might be making a Dark Crystal RPG, hint, hint. And I was like, okay, well, I cannot, I cannot pass this off. So what did I do? I went, I went and back to back watched the Netflix show all over again like I needed an excuse, right? Um, and then I came up with my sample scene and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Uh, Jack brought me onto the project as a freelancer. Um, I don't work with Riverhorse Games as a, as a member of staff. I'm a freelance writer among my many activities. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm so thrilled to be on this project because for me, it's really been uh, redis like rediscovering my childhood through this, this new IP that I had never found before, but is so, you know, so dark yet so whimsical yet so multifaceted and multicolored yeah it's been a, been a bit of an adventure for me as you can hear i'm i've been very excited to be part of this project that warms my heart to hear those are my favorite kinds of fan stories to hear because i mean as a child who grew up loving the movie and having nobody else my age who knew what it was when i like see other people discover it and fall in love with it it just like that makes my day. That's that's wonderful to me. And and the fact that this show has opened up the doorway to so many new fans, which then opens up the doorway to things like this happening. Like you guys are that's I mean, there's absolutely zero shame in being like, I just discovered it in 2019 because no, that's great. That means people are still discovering it. And that's gonna keep happening thanks to hopefully thanks to this game as well. It's gonna be part of that cycle. So yeah. 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 Um, and, and, yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, yeah, we've, we're so many people that are sort of discovering the Dark Crystal even to this day. And, and even the same, like, you know, with this podcast as well, you know, I've had, you know, someone that's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that this is a podcast about Dark Crystal. Um, so it, it's. I thought it's, I was the only fun. one. One, yeah. I thought I was. <laughs> was. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's so um, sort of interesting that it's it is very different and it, it was very different at the time obviously but even watching it now when you watch a lot of sort of old stuff you go oh yeah this has obviously been copied and and this has been sort of the inspiration for that and and so a lot of sort of older media feels very familiar but um no dark crystal is it's it's definitely its own thing it's uh as yeah it's both whimsical and and horrifying at the same time sort of yeah uh, it's got yeah. a really unique stamp there's not many sort of fantasy worlds, let alone fantasy worlds with puppets that contain a genocide in them, sort of. Uh, but on the other hand, also the deterge, like... <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to know sort of how this came about with the, um, uh, the Dark Crystal RPG game, because of course, you know, uh, you previous, you know, previously worked on the Labyrinth Adventure game. And so I was just curious, you know, how, you know, how, you know, how did it start for you, like with a river horse, you know, through the adventure game and sort of how did that sort of, you know, transitioned over, you know, to, to do sort of a follow-up, but to another Jim Henson uh, legacy property with the Dark Crystal? It starts with the Jim Henson uh, board game, uh, the Labyrinth board game even. And so that was, that was very successful, uh, very simple for, for families and, uh, and fans of the movie. And so that went really nicely. And we also do a product called uh, the Tales of Equestria, which is My Little Pony, a uh, role-playing game. And sort of, yeah, it was kind of, this has gone well, let's try and bring sort of Labyrinth into, uh, into the RPG sort of world, uh, which is really 
um, really well suited for because it is an adventure and it is also this wonderful excuse for random puzzles and random stories. You know, you've got the you've got the riddles of the door guards and then you've got you know the cleaners or you've got this this random enemy or this random puzzle and you can really just run away with it and not have an excuse for you don't have to make anything make sense you can just have a game but it's all built in this yeah and it's all in this world and it all has this like, wonderful jim henson weirdness um as well as brian proud art and just beautiful like yeah it was is this wonderful excuse to just make something beautiful um, and that was very well received, which is, um, unfortunately, it's all, often the, the reason we can make more stuff is it's well received. Um, and yeah, so we sort of, we have a good relationship with, uh, with the Henson company. We've made a few, few games for them, a few products. Uh, and so we were like, okay, we've done the labyrinth and we don't want to do the labyrinth again. Um, we've, you know, we've taken everything and sort of poured it into this book. So um what's next Beautiful you... book can i say <laughs> thank you um and we've we've pitched in uh sort of the the dark crystal we're like well the dark crystal is again it's perfect but in a different way because there are reasons for stuff uh but there's so much stuff and then there's also there's a lot of the, the classic rpg stuff uh, I've said stuff too many times now, but um, there's clans, so there's different races, each with their own special abilities, and there's um, you know grand overarching sort of plots. There's different regions. There's hordes of wonderful beasts and animals and creatures and magic, and like, it's there's, we do a quite a lot of sort of licensed stuff, and it's so rare that there's something so like oh we don't. We don't need to make up a game. Like we don't need to make excuses for anything. We don't have to say, "Oh, well, we'll have to add this bit of law so that it's a game," or we have to like tweak this so that you know it's it's fun. This makes a good story, but it doesn't make a good game. It's quite common, sort of in our in our line. Uh, but Dark Crystal was not that. It was just, "Oh, yeah, it, you've done half of this work for us." There's there's clans. You you pick a clan. You make a character. There's you know, um, we got to. Uh, play around in the sort of um, in the sandbox. So we've we've sort of created our own um, like world-spanning adventure that you can travel around Scarif and um, you're collecting these sort of uh, mystical artifacts. And yeah, so there's a lot of like we were allowed to sort of play in this world and sort of interconnect all of the the bits of lore in our in our game. And yeah, no, Henson have been absolutely fantastic at just like giving us all everything we need and then letting us uh, fill in the gaps and so yeah that was like uh a year and a bit ago um no more more like two years now jeez flies right by doesn't it <laughs> yeah so the discussion sort of happened like just before sort of pretty much before or so just a little bit after that age of resistance had come out um so it would have been it was sort of it was after age of resistance came out um, and it was just around the time where, like, we weren't sure whether there was going to be a second season or whether there was going to, unfortunately, not be. Um, so, yeah, it was like, it was around that time. Um, so there was also the, ooh, maybe, you know, maybe there's, like, if we do this well, then we can, like, get a load of new lore and a load of new stuff. 
um, to mess around with. But yeah, so it was around that time, and we've been working sort of yeah on it for I think about two years now, um, which is uh, which of course it was affected by um, by lockdowns and pandemic stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's been been in the works, and it's so fun to just be able to actually show it to people now and be like it's a thing it exists because i mean as of now it's like you know anyone can pre-order the game through the river horse games um uh website and i'm sure you know uh, pre-orders pre-orders will you know be available you know around the world from you know wherever retailers will you know um have it in stock so um which is really hey, cool thank yeah. you for that i'm terrible at plugging <laughs> always after one of these things my boss will be like you probably should have mentioned that this is for sale <laughs> This is a thing, a product you can buy. I mean, that, that's a thing, I guess, like with this adventure game. I, I, I would have to think that it ha probably came at the right time, especially with Age of Resistance that had come out, that that must have really like helped so much, I guess. Um, I mean, it must have like really been a big benefit, I guess, with the writing process or trying to create up, create um, uh, scenes and all that kind of stuff for this um, adventure game. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's a load of like content and not only sort of lore stuff like there is in the novels but there's also just there's a richness of of you can imagine it you can see it it's it's on the tv you've got sort of um a, like there's not the clans or what they look like in the um uh in the original film um and but you get all these differences and sort of yeah that that richness to the world really um just helps a huge amount when writing particularly when it came to, because I did a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of uh, the writing, whereas Jack did a lot of heavy lifting in terms of the mechanics. Um, so a lot of the scenes in there are mine. And there was, we had this massive list essentially of like all the different areas of Scarath we wanted to explore. And I have to tell you, not everything made it into the book because publishers have to go by page count and writers go by like the magic of our dreams, right? Like we just want to go places and write stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely when exploring those places, having visual guides, being able to like watch through the Netflix show and pause and take a, I was, you can't take screenshots with Netflix. I don't think anybody knows this. So I had my camera taking on my phone, taking reference photos that I could then import into my docs. Um, uh, world building is something that's really, really critical to me. My, my grown up job, my real job is the CEO of a world building platform called World Anvil. So uh, obviously, Dark Crystal right up my street. It's all this glorious world building that feeds into the story and into the characters and into the motivations and everything. Um, and so much of like little tastes of world building that you see in the series have gone into the book. So that scene where um, uh, they go underneath the throne and find lore, that is a critical scene that... We inspired so many other scenes and mechanics and riddles which are like so tabletop rpg i can't even and dungeons and everything else this was a massive inspiration point and i i have a critical image of that that i just referred to again and again when i was like how can i capture this what does the music sound like um what 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 are the facets what what is the iconography like how do i capture the image that they've captured where they have all of these things that they can do and my job is to capture that in a scene so that actually the, the game master can then recreate that for their players. So that it's this one step removed from actually writing a book, which is something else I do. Um, 
to creating material to help somebody else create the scene. So, yeah, I would say the Netflix show coming out at that point, that made it the perfect time because there was so much more audiovisual material to explore. And it's, you know, there's novels and there's comics and there's everything, but like video material is so dense in information. You get so much from that. But, uh, yeah, I would say that that has been indispensable for, for my part in writing the thing. Um, and, and so many small influences have been like blown up large into scenes, for example. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, I guess like, you know, we're working on a licensed game, like the Dark Crystal adventure game. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, with, with the license game, has there any been like, has there been like any like sort of things that you can or cannot do or, or do they sort of give you pretty much like quite a bit of creative freedom to do whatever you want? Yeah. <laughs> I want to start with this because um, there's a, there's a line from the Henson company to Riverhorse games. And then there's a line from Riverhorse games to the freelancers. Um, and there are lots and lots of contributors. You'll find lots of scenes from different people. But again, like I, I wrote, I think the bulk of them, um, so Jack would tell me every week we'd have a, a check-in meeting and he'd be like, I'd be like, I'm working on this. I'm inspired by this. I've got 17 pictures of tree roots and it's, it's becoming a thing. Um, and I'd go crazy and Jack would really encourage this. And then at the end, he would take that up the food chain. So I think always from our side, from the freelancer side, we were absolutely encouraged to be as creative and as inspired by the original material as possible. And then Jack can tell you about what happens next. Um, we, yeah, we try, we did a lot of the editing, um, but to be honest, I, it does depend on the licenses. Some licenses are very, um, uh, precious and, but in a way that, uh, there's, there's licenses that say, no, you can't deviate from anything that's known and for sure. And there's licenses that, are, oh, let's work this out. Like. No, we can't. We can't allow this because that might contradict something that we might do in the future, or it might, um, you know, this part of the world is is a bit more sort of blank than um, uh, we know. But so what we were allowed to do is uh, we sort of basically at the very start of the book uh, there is, in fact, I can uh, I can read it. Um, so. On sort of literally the the first page is the, uh, the sort of intro, and uh, and it says uh, a dark blight creeps through for our poisoning body and mind alike. Those stories are set in stone. It is time for something different, for a story set in flame. The whispers of prophecy hang on the wind like smoke on the water. Gra is primed for you to take your place among the great heroes of old. Nothing in these pages is truth, except that which you choose to believe. Will the flames of resistance stir in your heart? Will you be a spark of light against the darkening? Will you help protect Thrall so she can rise once more from the ashes? So what that's saying is, nothing in this book is real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Unreliable yeah, narrator. Uh, yes. Um, because at the end of the day, it's a role-playing game. You get to make the choices, and of course, you could, you could say, oh, Bra turns into a bean on day three. Like we we're not in control of that, and um, so of course nothing in there is is canon. But what that gave us was like, oh everything everything obviously needs to be in theme, and we can take all these deep lore cuts and things. But in the future, if 
if Henson wanted to, of course, they could say, none of that. No, ignore that. We're, we're doing stuff now. Um, but that being said, they were super helpful and super like um, keen on sort of making sure that we had stuff correct, but in a constructive way rather than a deep, like they would say, oh, make sure that you include this and make sure that if you're going to do this, then you should probably have B, C, and D. Uh, whereas uh, other licenses sometimes, uh, I will name no names, but say, oh, this, yeah, we don't know precisely what's here, so don't do anything with it. Uh, okay, I guess. But in a role-playing game, that's really difficult because you can't just say nothing's there because players might go there and you want to have an answer for them. Um, and so, yeah, no, they, they were super helpful with that. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a delight to work with them. What we have found, interestingly, is that they are more accepting of us sort of creating new things than they are us sort of changing or, or creating sort of offshoots of things. Um, so uh, we had a, um, I think, a race of sort of um, uh, like mushroom podlings in, in Grot, uh, sort of uh, spoilings. Um, I think they're still they're still called spoilings, um, but uh, basically with a chat with Henson, they weren't super happy with um, sort of changing the the podling, sort of having this adjacent creature. Um, despite the, like we've got boblings in there, which are the sort of the sea um, the sea podlings. Um, so so and we sort of removed, yeah yeah we removed that podling sort of connection, and they're still called spoilings, but there's no mention of them being sort of related to podlings in any way um and so yeah that that's sort of they're, they're happy with a new creature but less often with sort of a a, a mixing and a changing of, of the sort of established canon creatures and there's a sort of there's a thousand little like notes and tweaks and and sort of finessing and getting stuff in the style but no they've been super helpful and, and allowing for us to create new content well plus the beautiful thing about an rpg is that then if an individual GM at his table with his friends wants to just decide, you know, they're actually, yeah, they're the cousins of podlings. Don't tell Henson, but at our table, they are like, we're not going to swoop in and be like, beep, beep, fiction police. Like, you can't do that. Like, you can do that in an RPG. And there's, there's so much freedom that's granted with this, just this method of opening up worlds. And it's so aptly timed. And as tragic as it is that we don't, as of yet, have a season two for the show, this gives us a way to create our own season two and three and four and 47. So it's very, well, it's, very um, aptly timed. It is actually set pretty much sort of the day after season one ends. It, it's, it is set in that sort of uh, that time frame and that world. So it's very much um, you decide what Perfect. happens next. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And the, and the way that everything has sort of been written in the Dark, Dark Crystal canon already has, and we've talked about it in a million other episodes, about how there's always that kind of unreliable narrator, how all of the different, you know, the comics, the graphic novels, the novels, the show, the movie, creation myths, they're all told from the perspective of different storytellers, so they the uh, different narratives don't necessarily always match up, but they shake hands. And the idea of the RPG just fits very organically with the way that the Dark Crystal 
all of it has already been up until this point. Um, it, it has that built-in freedom already. So, uh, yeah, I guess then I would have to ask, was that something that was considered as to why the Dark Crystal makes sense as a fit for an RPG? Or was it just like, this just makes sense after Labyrinth? Or <laughs> was was there sort of a, yeah, that, that mentality? There was definitely the, the idea that we sort of, we have a good relationship with Henson and you know, we, are, we are looking for sort of what's the best way of, of making this license into a thing. Um, but the idea of going, taking this license and going, oh, it's, it's an RPG. Like they have a lot of stuff that we sort of have looked at and gone, we can't really make this into a, a thing. Uh, the Fraggle Rock RPG probably isn't, um, <laughs> isn't going to set the world on fire. But um, no, it's the, the, yeah, it's kind of a, a happy. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> for the Fraggle I buy it. Listen, RPG. I buy it. Says Henson on it. I'm buying it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, it was kind of like, oh, this, you know, we want to do something um, and we want to do it with you guys. Oh, this works perfectly and like that just yeah every step of the way it's oh no this this really really works um there's just so and the the fact that dark crystal more much more so than labyrinth um has all of this sort of extra lore and this extra um sort of content to draw from um really just helps flesh out that world i mean that um I say, I think I was saying before the uh, before the call, like it's it's really everyone's going to think we're really creative, <laughs> whereas actually we've just taken notes mostly of of stuff that exists and then just translated it into uh, you come across her, check the notes, a thing that someone else has written, um, yeah, and sort of weaving this all together as you say, shaking hands with the uh, with the other media, taking all of this inspiration from from everything. I remember Janet and. We gave her the impossible task of basically whenever she uh, included something uh, that was from the law, to put a little note sort of for for the editors and and for the for Henson basically saying where that thing was from. So it'd be like the Omega, um Oh, that's from novel. Uh, you know, the Tides of the Dark Crystal. Um, uh, and so if you you take that and you say this thing exists from this this area. Kind of so we could go go to Henson with our you know our gun our guns ready sort of like okay if you if you question us on this we know it is in the law it's from this. Um, but like, I have to say there was a, a huge amount of prep work for that. So when I when I said yes yes I want to write this thing I wrote the sample scene Jack said okay this is terrible we want you to write the rest it's very nice. Um, <laughs> uh, he then went good here is everything. You must consume it, um, which is all of the graphic novels, uh, the creation books, the bestiary, uh, all of the the young adult novels. Of course, the series I watched countless times building this thing and the original movie as well. Um, and then I literally every time I was going through something, I, I would find something and make a note. I'd find the name of a, a, a peach and I'd write it down. I'd find the name of a herb and I'd write it down. Um, I, I, I was constantly looking for these references and looking for places where we could give the GM tools to make amazing stories for their players. And uh, which, of course, for an RPG writing space, that's, that's our job, right? We write 
scenes and we write fun things that you can interact with and like lots of adventure hooks and and things to play with and then the gm is the one that actually tells the story the gm is the narrator the players are the the characters that make choices and poke the things and see what happens generally all hell breaks loose we love it um so yeah there was a huge amount of this sort of very detailed research um again i I'm a world building nerd, right? So I was I was all up for this. Uh, literally sort of writing down bit by bit where things were, what they were, where they were mentioned, how they were mentioned, who they were related to, so that uh, we could stay true to the law as much as as much as possible. Even though, of course, you know, we call it on contact. You know, does it survive contact? Uh, if, if we give it to a GM, is it still recognizably the dark crystal? Well, in a way that doesn't matter as long as everyone's having fun, of course. But we do our best to provide everyone with materials. So uh, yeah, lots of research went into that, but but I, I think it was worth it. We got we got a lot of cool stuff from different spaces packed into there. So if you're a real dark crystal nerd and you've read everything like I now have multiple times, look out for them because there's weird stuff everywhere. I think Tugroot, Tugroot is mentioned in like episode one of the Netflix show and it causes uncontrollable flatulence and i was like i'm using it <laughs> so it's in there at least it's in there if it hasn't been edited out i don't know why it, it is in there <laughs> yes first thing i'm looking for when i get the book where is it <laughs> yeah where's that reference <laughs> so yeah those throwaway references we really tried to weave everything in as much as possible because because as as jack said it's such a rich ip already and, and I guess like, you know, with doing research like for this adventure game and going through all the other material, you know, not only with the show, but also with the books and stuff, uh, was there anything, I guess, like from like, I guess, you know, with the books or the comics that really was like, oh, wow, I didn't know about this or that really, you know, piqued your interest or, you know, that might have inspired, you know, to, to write us to write like a particular scene um, with the adventure game. Like a ton. <laughs> like an yeah, actual yeah. ton. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, because because my time was limited, um, and and the thing came out very quickly, I was I was of course writing this all through quarantine, um, and as I mentioned, I have a a, a grown up grown up job, uh, running World Anvil as well. So so there was a lot of balls in the air, and I was I was getting through the end of the novels as I was writing the first scenes. Uh, for me, the moment I came across the 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 gunpowder revolution that's just kind of hinted at as a technical uh, like a technological change that's happening so the mariner has these exploding golden balls that are basically bombs the minute i saw that i was like holy crap gunpowder is coming in this world this is mind-blowing so there's a scene again i don't know what made it in there's a scene of a gunpowder um experimentation station where essentially they are experimenting with gunpowder and if you find this place you can then like totally level up your weapons because you get gunpowder basically um and I thought that was so cool and so interested, interesting and hinted at the sort of changing phases of technology within this very fascinating world. Um, so that was definitely one where I was like, holy crap, it's going in. I, I can't even help myself. Uh, so, yeah, you can you can have very rudimentary. Uh, what do we call it? Black, black, uh, powder. black dust, I think black dust, very rudimentary black dust weapons in the Dark Crystal, because again, that is hinted from canon from these little little bombs that the Mariner has. I think for me, it has to be the uh, the Mondo Lividian, the, uh, <gasps> <laughs> the, the yes. giant um, sea snake that 
yeah, has a um, fish of doom <laughs> has a chance of swallowing your ship whole, and then you have an adventure inside him um, and meet the boblins. We really, and all we of really this. gamed for that to happen as well. I oh, was that was so early. As well, and I was like, quite, let's yeah. make sure. Yeah, the minute I found it, I talked to you about it. And you were like, oh my god, yes, I already saw this. This has to happen. Uh, in the graphic novel, there is, there's already a little map. It's tiny. It's on one of the panels. And if you really zoom in, because I was looking at all of this stuff electronically, if you really zoom in, you can see that when, uh, when the bobbling, these poddling, poddling cousin, cousins, the bobbling guide is trying to guide them through to find a ship. Um, they have sketched out a little map of the Mondo Levidian. And I was like, it's already got a dungeon map. How can we not turn this into a dungeon? And the uh, the lovely thing about that one is um, uh, that's one of the uh, the foldout pages. So there's there's uh, basically some scenes are are too big <laughs> to fit on a single double page spread. So we have these uh, these foldout pages. So that one uh, the the sort of map of the the Mondo Lividian sort of goes across two pages, so you can sort of get this feel of of how big this thing is. Um, yeah, so I think the Mondo Lividian would be my uh, <laughs> my favourite sort of cut. Yeah, one of your favourite scenes. Yeah, and what about yourself, Janet? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, of course, you know, writing so many of these scenes. Um, but is there one that's sort of you know that's sort of like definitely in your top favourite scenes? You know, for for the adventure game. There's there is one. Again, I don't know what made it in, but um, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting? to have a day at the races where the races is Landstriders. So I made a whole Landstrider obstacle course that you can like, basically you, you go on this like, this like cross country point to point race where you have to like go across the country on Landstriders and all sorts of things can happen. And you have to sort of, you encounter obstacles as you're like galloping full pace on this slightly out of control Landstrider. Um, so I think that's definitely one of them. The other is a scene that happens in the library of Hurrah, where you know those wonderful little, um, again, the names uh, escape me, I'm sorry. The Pluffums, yes. The Pluffums that yeah. eat paper. You have to, without disturbing the librarian, find the critical thing that you need, but there are Pluffums everywhere and they are causing chaos. Um, and then, I, of course, fine, the final one that really comes to mind is the Deterge, which I could not possibly leave out. Uh, there's one moment where you have to wrestle a podling into pants. Um, <laughs> and I just, I just, I couldn't not put that in. So yeah, trying to wash podlings was the other, the other one where I was like, yeah. Yeah. If you commit any crimes in Hurrah, then you'll have to do the Peturge. Yeah. So I created a, because Hurrah is, is the, is like the real metropolis of the, of the setting. I created a little like crime system a very small crime system so if anyone sees you committing crimes like breaking into stuff um you will get sent to the deterge so you get sent to the um the order of the mega jingly hats and you have to do the deterge and uh jack just to confirm all aforementioned scenes that janet just talked about are those in those are in yeah, yeah. excellent <laughs> <know>. excellent yeah. <laughs> those are the important ones i was yeah. ready to do that Stop yeah. talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing that I I did that again I think Jack told me it's in. Can I can I talk about the Circle of the Suns? I think yeah yeah definitely. 
I'm just checking. <laughs> so if you look again, this was a this was a moment where I am completely obsessive. So I went like scene by scene when I was writing the Circle of the Suns, which is one of those locations that has to be in there. This, of course, is where the the heretic and the wanderer are hanging out together, um, and it's this glorious location, super rich in detail and very weird and wonderful and dark and fabulous and rainbow colored and sort of glorious. And I wanted to create all of that, but there's one far away scene where you see that the tower, the sort of natural rock formation, kind of has giant legs. And I was like, well, I'm running with that. Uh, <laughs> so there is a chance that the party, and again, I hope it's only GMs listening to this, there is a chance that the party can get that as a giant walking structure that they can then walk around on. Uh, so yeah, the, the whole thing is essentially a law. Yes, so it's a mega law. So you take the stone from law, and it means you sacrifice law, but then you can have a giant walking megalith. Like a megazord from Power Rangers, but in the exactly. dark crystal. <laughs> Excuse me. But made of rock. What? You're welcome. <laughs> but, um, so that's, what, that's, that's cool, yeah. What was really fun about, um, about sort of taking all these, these bits and pieces and writing this as an adventure is what we've done is basically it's, uh, it's 99 days, uh, until um, basically the darkening takes over Ra and everything is awful. Uh, and it's it's sort of happening in bits and pieces. So each scene has sort of a light side and a dark side. So uh, when you first go there, it might be all pleasant and nice. Uh, but if the darkening sort of has taken, taken it over, then there'll be some twist that makes it sort of darker and worse. Um, so like the Mondo Lividian might be super uh, aggressive uh, or the the exploding uh, institute might have uh, the, basically the skeptics might have turned up and basically taken all of those improved things that now they have access to them. Um, so you've sort of got this dynamic world that is getting worse and worse and worse as the adventure goes on, and you've sort of got this time limit that you have to sort of collect um, the the seven seeds from the seven great trees. And so what that means is like you've got this. Um, You've got this build-up to a finale. Uh, you've got, oh, you might find the, the Stone Colossus. You might uh, convince the crew of the Omeya to lend their aid. Um, and you might, uh, like, there's all these, like, grand things in the world that you might, you might not ever sort of um, get onto your side or, or have to face them, but the Skeptics have their own sort of massive uh, architectural sort of, uh, they've got, there's, um, like a fiery logging camp and there's uh where they're sort of just cutting down the whole the whole forest um and there's uh there's the giga garfim who is basically like a kaiju garfim um and like you've got all these like things which i'm very surprised that we were allowed to sort of um say hey this might exist in the world um just like they're these ingredients, because as, as Janet was saying, like we don't tell the story, we we give all the ingredients for the story. The GM is the one that sort of tells the story. So we sort of just sprinkle all of these like ingredients around the place. We 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 dot around sort of fireworks and we dot around matches and we say, you know, <laughs> you guys mess around. Maybe a firework will go off. We didn't do that. Um, yeah, and so so you've got all these little elements that hopefully like will come together like in the finale as uh, as you have to 
get to Crystal Castle and, and do your <laughs> finish your quest. Would would you say that uh, somebody who's I mean, clearly those of us who are massive fans of the Dark Crystal are going to want to be all over this just for the sake of getting to explore more of Thra, more that we haven't seen in the shows or the movies. Um, but to flip it from the other perspective, would you say that this is an, an accessible game for uh people who are already deep in the world of RPGs, but not necessarily in the world of Dark Crystal. So we have included um, sort of uh, at the beginning, um, basically uh, an overview of the world, uh, the time, the timeline that like, you know, in the beginning, Augur existed, and then you've got the, the Urskex, and this is sort of what they're all about. Um, that kind of explains all that and like we do sort of hold hold hands um, for, for that bit. I think it's something that even if you are, are sort of deep in the world of the, the Dark Crystal and, and know everything, it is nice to just be like, oh yeah, this is this is what the deal, this is what's happening in the world. And it also is kind of highlighting the bits of lore that are the most important in this adventure, like the players have general knowledge of, basically, that there's a resistance sort of civil war going on. And it's, um, you know, the, the Gartham or what their deal is, Crystal Bats, Skeksis. So it sort of explains all this uh, at the beginning of the game exactly for that reason. Um, we have made, we've sort of we've made quite a few RPGs now, and every single one has been uh, entry level. Uh, sort of basically, we partly because we do licensed stuff, but also because uh, My Little Pony is obviously aimed at, um, at children, uh, and Labyrinth is aimed at basically people who have never seen an RPG before. I think Dark Crystal is a bit crunchier, it's a bit more sort of, um, uh, there's a bit more rules, because uh, there's, there's more stuff that can happen basically, there's, there's combat, there is, there is death, and there is like all these things that can happen and so you need a bit sort of a bit more robust system to deal with it um that being said still compared to a lot of sort of complex rpgs out there it's definitely sort of um nice and easy to get into and then the world also sort of has its um has its introduction as well so the first 40 pages are are explaining sort of the rules and the and the uh, world and sort of tips and we, we go a lot into tips and sort of saying hey don't panic. First of all, don't panic, because um, it is it is a sort of intimidating thing, especially um, as you know, someone just picking up this book and, and trying to get into into role playing, saying, "Oh, what you're going to have to do is get four of your friends, and you're going to have to perform in front of them, <laughs> and you're going to have to sort of you're going to have to ask these people to play a game with you, and you know, invest their time and their energy and, and their caring." And that's actually quite a lot to ask, um, especially when, you know, if it's if it doesn't work, then, well, that's that's sort of on you. And that is a sort of social uh, difficulty to come uh, to overcome. Um, so, yeah, we try and sort of ease ease that transition and and sort of give you as much confidence and as much sort of a lot of this. But a lot of that starting bit is basically don't worry and you can change it anything you like just this book is all ideas and this is what we think it should be but you know your group and you know yourself like 
yeah, this is, we're, we're not the GM, we're not in charge. We're just giving you ideas, you're in charge. <laughs> It's worth mentioning as well that with a tabletop RPG game, one person really needs to kind of know what's going on with the rules, but they can always take a pause and check. That's no big deal. Uh, the players do not need to read 40 pages worth of rules to play the game, right? They need to show up with an open mind, a little bit of patience, tolerance. What is the Dark Crystal about, after all, except working together, right? Um and uh, yeah, you, you sit together and tell a collaborative story. So although 40 pages of, of crunch and rules sounds terrifying, an awful lot of it is, as, as Jack says, is advice for how to run a game or how to deal with certain situations. And the other thing is that with a lot of the scenes, the rules that you need, any special rules, for example, are right there on the page. So once you have the general gist, like with a board game, you you find those special rules are exactly where you need them, where you're looking. So you just need to know the basic procedure in order to play the game. It's not terribly complicated. You've made a good point that 40 pages, that is possibly a, a poor, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that, just because they're little pages and mostly have uh, beautiful uh, either concept art, Brian Frout, this is Labyrinth, not Dark Crystal, um, but that sort, of, um, that sort of thing. And it is, um, yeah, 40 pages maybe doesn't make it sound, uh, <laughs> sounds like a lot, but it's not as uh, intimidating. It depends on what kind of a fan or what kind of a background you have in RPGs. <laughs> Even for myself, like, you know, I'm, I'm very sort of new to sort of the tabletop RPG. So, I mean, this is going to be probably my first sort of actual sort of big entry into that sort of that genre of, um, of, of gaming. So it, it is something like, you know, once the game is out, um, the adventure game is out and um, really delve into it and you know be really ready to um you know to have some fun and and, and possibly even do some um playthroughs of, of of the game so of course you, you've had um uh, other you know guest contributors sort of sort of you know that sort of helped with, with certain scenes i mean in, including us um but also <laughs> hey! i know yeah hey um so uh, um you know, who, who are some of the other people that sort of got involved um, with being sort of the guest contributors um, for the adventure game that sort of helped out a little bit? So, I should have a uh, bit of a list here. Um, off the top of my head, uh, we, we've the sort of main contributor, apart from um, uh, sort of myself and Janet, um, was uh, Zach Burrow, uh, who uh, we've worked with a lot in the past. Um, he does sort of a huge amount of the, uh, the My Little Pony content uh, for us. And so, yeah, it's um, a big fan of, of that sort of um, introductory, like keeping, thin, keeping things simple, which is our like number one. Um, here we go. I've got the, uh, the list of uh, guest, guest scene writers uh, here. Uh, we also have uh, Stephanie Bryant did a, um, uh, did a scene for us. Um, we have Chris Caesar, uh, who is <laughs> um, Riverhorse, and um, basically he is the uh, the illustrator of uh, of all the maps and the uh, the layout artist, and basically has poured his heart and soul into this uh, into this project over the last year. Um, uh, we have uh, Tom Clark, uh, who is um, a member of the the Yogs cast, just uh, sort of. Um, and a big fan of the, the Dark Crystal. Uh, we have, of course, yourselves, Philip Mitchell and Sidney Frost. 
Yeah, um. <laughs> the cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, that was a lot of fun actually, Sydney. When, when we, um, you know, when you first approached us about, you know, contributing to to a scene um, for the game, and, and yeah, so now we definitely had a lot of fun, you know, having little, you know, Zoom chats and trying to figure out, you know, what'd be sort of a great sort of scene um, to include. And I think, um, I think, I think it was yourself, Sydney. You know that, you know, we got to get, you know some deep cuts with, with the books, especially, um, those <laughs> books with, with the, with the drenchings and, and of course, and then, you know, the aspect of putting, you know, Skeksa, um, in the midst of it, you know, being in the prison, of course, the last time we saw her in the books. So yeah, so no, which is really great. And, and yeah, we, we, we definitely loved how it sort of, you know, how, how it all translated well into the, um, the adventure game that, um, that all happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was an so amazing was really process. Awesome. Yeah. Like getting to, I mean, first of all, the first step of the process was just taking a good 24 hours to freak out and be like, ah! <laughs> and then once I got that out of my system. Luckily with the time difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Philip's like a day ahead of me, so it gave me a little extra time to like get get it out, you know, get out my bananas. Um, yeah, uh, so once I went through that initial phase, uh, then it just like so many things came flooding to my mind immediately of like, okay, where do I want to go? And the first thing that popped into my head was just, we didn't get to go to the swamps of Sog in Age of Resistance. And I spent so much time there with Naya in uh, Jam Lee's novels. And we spend so much time uh, learning about Naya and getting to know her side of the story. We get two full books out of four. That's, um, you know, half of the saga is spent, you know, from the perspective of a drenchin. And we didn't really get a lot of that in Age of Resistance. So that was like, we got to do that. We got to set something in the Swamp of Sog. We got to go back to uh, something that could potentially be a little Naya-centric. Um, we could, you know, see what happened after, you know, spoiler alert for the books. But, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> if you haven't heard. <laughs> um, but Skeksa being, being trapped in the tree and the aftermath of that and the potential risk of what if, you know, Skeksal got got Ferngullied and was able to come out <laughs> like whoa, so yeah. yeah and, just, and also, I guess yeah. you know with, with Skeksal, I mean, you know, also not involved, you know, not in the show, but is it is really, I mean, a big play in in, in the books, but also in, in the Age Resistance prequel comic as well. So, um, so it's been kind of cool to sort of yeah to see to see her, you know, being part of you know the adventure game as well. So, which is yeah, really awesome. So exciting. So thank you guys so much. I mean, a, a bunch of. Uh, why we wanted to have you on here was just so we could gush and be like thank you for letting us become the ultimate nerds and level up no thank you <laughs> jack i think we're in the right place ultimate nerds for the win <laughs> yeah yeah but uh but the majority of the book sort of apart from those guest scenes was um uh, janet would basically write them uh and then i would uh rip them apart and, uh, and put them back together uh make them fit on two sides of a5 rather than uh three pages of a4 yeah there's um it's very interesting writing for rpgs in that there's so much to do with layout constrictions so there are some scenes where i'd be like oh and it would be super cool if we did this so i'll just add an extra 200 words knowing that jack may have to cut those out or knowing that he might want that or cut some and cut something else up if you see what i mean so there was a lot of stuff where uh although i was only contracted to write a certain amount of words i would write extra words knowing that Jack would then have a choice of what he wanted to keep in that scene and what he wanted to axe. But uh, yeah, unlike in a novel where it takes as many pages as it takes to tell the story and 
and then of course it's edited accordingly uh, in RPGs because of the, the use of maps and images and there's a page for the players to see and then there's a page just for the GMs to see. It's a lot more strict in terms of what you can write, where where those words can be spent uh, in terms of the parts of the, the pages as well. So um, yeah, Jack had to do a lot of work reorganizing uh, what were essentially a lot of very enthusiastic ideas um, and uh, yeah, cutting 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 all the extra bits. But that just means that there's more for book two, right, Jack? <laughs> yeah. But, um, and sort of, yeah, a lot of stuff would, um, rather than being cut, would be sort of moved somewhere else or uh, sort of, yeah, I think, it, um, I think it was a really good, really good way of working, sort of saying, no, don't worry about it. You, you write as much or as little, like, you just do it. You just, yeah, you just create and then we cut and sort of, stitch stuff together and something needs adding here to make this fit with that all all comes together so yeah it's been um it's been a lot of fun i have to say as an rpg writer i've worked with much stricter briefs um and being able to do to be so creative i feel like it really helped the final result because i could go in directions that were maybe a little bit unusual and um know that it was somebody else's problem to decide if that stuck to the overall vision um or if that was appropriate or if indeed it was just too many words um but i think that uh yeah it really helped the creativity of the of the project to, to work in that way i feel like it was very beneficial you know there's just a lot to look forward to and of course with this um adventure came it's um due to come out uh later this year so um, yeah, so no, we're just all very excited. You know, I know this this year for Dark Crystal has been a really quiet. So it's it, it's it's been like awesome just having this adventure game that's going to come out really soon that we're all gonna yeah just enjoy and just yeah play play it for many many times and all that kind of stuff. So which is really awesome. So um, you know, thank you for being able to sort of to fill that void, I guess. You know. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and see what the future holds, of course, for the for next year, for 2022, with the 40th anniversary of, of the Dark Crystal. So, no, thank you. And um, and I think we'll, we'll probably um, uh, wrap up um, this chat. So, uh, again, thank you for being on the show. And I might start with you, Janet. Um, how can uh, people on the internet find you? Yeah, absolutely. If you look for World Anvil, you will find me everywhere. Uh, I am the CEO of that project, so um, that's usually the easiest way to reach me. Uh, and I also have a few of my own socials. You can find me under JD underscore Blythe on Twitter. Uh, and I'm a giant nerd that's obsessed with fantasy and sci-fi and writing and world building and RPGs. Basically, that's that's my thing. And I do a bunch of streaming and uh, I make YouTube videos as well. So you will find me all over the internet at World Anvil is probably the, e the easiest way to search for me. And and what about yourself, Jack? Oh, just search yeah. for River just Horse. River Horse, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you'll find us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, this was such a fantastic chat. So again, thank you so much. And yeah, again, we're very much looking forward to the game coming out um, later this year. So are we. <laughs> yes, so excited. <laughs> If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. 
Follow us on Instagram at Dark Crystal Podcast and on Twitter at Dark Crystal Pod. Thank you all so much and stay tuned for the next episode of Trial by Stone.